Most European countries pride themselves on having laws and treaties to promote human rights. But the US Commission on International Religious Freedom, which is an official government body, has slammed several countries. It says they infringe the religious liberty of minorities. Now, in its latest report, it's especially critical of the way France treats some Muslims. Professor Massimo Intravignier is a former official of the Organisation for Security and Cooperation in Europe. He now heads the Centre for the Study of New Religions in Turin. Well, I believe there are two main uh, concerns. The first is uh, France passed the law on uh, separatism. Separatism in English, yes. Yeah, separatism. uh, The word separatism was taken away from the title after uh, all religions protested, from the Catholic Church to the Protestant to the Jews to the Muslims. But in fact, uh, the substance remains. And the spirit of the law is that France cannot tolerate religions uh, organizing separate communities with their uh, schools, their cultural institutions, their ways of dressing, values different from the values of the Republic. If you look at the very long discussions about this law, some provisions had to be eliminated because the Council of State said they were against the Constitution, but others remained you will see that even if the law was received negatively by the Catholics and Protestants and Jews as well, it was born uh, as a law against self-organization as a separate community of the Muslims. And then certain politicians who are in the business of fighting cults also added the, some provisions targeting the, the so-called cults. Yes, but Professor, wasn't this law in response to the fact that France has suffered many terrorist incidents? Um, we've had the sentencing of those responsible for the dreadful terrorist attack in 2015. The French would say, look, these laws against separatism are designed for national security, wouldn't they? These laws may actually damage national security. And uh, I will give the comparative uh, example of my country, Italy. I've been a member of the Governmental Commission on Italian Islam. Italy had a season of political Palestinian attacks 30 years ago, but these were secular Muslims, so to speak. Italy has had practically zero terrorist attacks, unlike France or Belgium. Of course, sociologists like me have tried to answer the question why this happens. Our government can be proud that we have a good police, but that's not the only reason. I believe the reason is that here, the Muslims, which are 1.5 millions, do not feel harassed. They can wear a veil. They can be separatist, so to speak. So if you create a pressure and they feel discriminated or repressed just because they are Muslim, the risk is that you create a situation 
where for uh, terrorist organizations it doesn't become more difficult, but mm. it becomes actually easier to recruit uh, terrorists. Professor, we can understand why there's concern about laws that restrict a person's ability to wear a yarmulke or a headscarf or a cross around uh, his or her neck. We can understand that. But why is there concern about laws against animal ritual slaughter? Because we're talking here about animal cruelty in some respects. What's the problem with laws that prevent ritual slaughter or at least regulate ritual slaughter? In this case, uh, interestingly, the problem is not so much France. The problem is more the Nordic countries, which have a very strong animal rights movement. The protests uh, which reach USCRF were only occasionally or very rarely filed by Muslims. The protests in these cases were filed by Jews because the ritual slaughter, as the report says, is a deeply held religious doctrine for the Jews. And so they've been fighting this in the United States and in many other countries. And they have implemented some measures aimed at reducing suffering of the animals. But basically, the Jewish position is that prescription about the ritual slaughter comes from God and that humans are not free to alter or change the prescription of God. Doesn't the United Nations Covenant on Civil and Political Rights say there can be certain limitations on religious liberty if it is in the interests of the broader community? It says so, but also it uh, says in the general comments to Article 18, uh, which were elaborated by the Human Rights Commission not the Human Rights Council, that one should be very careful that this restriction does not have a discriminatory effect. And the general comments on Article 18 particularly address the question of groups stigmatized as cults or in French sect, because one should be very careful that the same limitations in the interest of uh, national security or common good. The state should not discriminate between different religions, say we like this religion or we dislike this other one, so we are more strict uh, in evaluating, uh, say, how the Jehovah's Witnesses Mm. manage their money with respect to how the Catholic Church manages its money. Right. Uh, What about hate speech laws? There is a very subtle line between punishing hate speech, which is, of course, right, and uh, limiting uh, freedom of speech. And courts of law sometimes have very thorny cases. I remember when I was in the uh, OSCE, I had to deal uh, with a British case where a preacher was fined for simply reading in uh, open space passages of the Bible where Paul the Apostle uh, is uh, quite abrasive in his indictment of uh, homosexuals. Mm. Is this hate speech or is this just reading the Bible? 
can we really ask people to change the text of the Bible or the Quran for that matters to put it in accordance with modern sensitivities? Professor Massimo Intravigne of the Turin-based Centre for the Study of New Religions. And this is the Religion and Ethics Report, where you're hearing about the links between religion and the news that's shaping the world. Think bigger about the world we live in. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.